Well, welcome back again. Again, Pastor Milo here from Randall Church. Pastor Mario, Pastor Brian are here with me. Uh, we're here to be able to share with you uh, a conversation is what we're hoping to do today. Uh, we'll be starting a new sermon series today called Table Talk. Uh, this is a, a, a discussion series and what we're trying to do is this, this new environment that we've never been in before. And at, over the last few weeks, uh, you've joined us, many of you. Uh, we've been having conversations here. Uh, this is our month mark of, of doing this each week. And we just decided to try to build something where we can have a conversation each week. And you're joining us from your kitchen table or from your living room, coffee table, whatever that is. Uh, we want you to join us in this conversation. And what this conversation really is, is an opportunity to talk about the mission of the church. And so we'll be in the book of Acts. And so if you've got a Bible, and I hope that you do, would you find your way to the, the opening verses in Acts chapter 1? Well, before we get there, I'm curious for you, uh, if you had some vacation plans uh, that were coming up this week. So for our family, uh, this coming week, uh, we had some vacation plans that we were going to do this Easter break. Now for a pastor and his family, Easter break is kind of an odd thing sometimes because many times the Easter vacation week is the week prior to Easter that leads up to Easter. And that becomes kind of difficult for me to get away and, and uh, still be able to be back for our Good Friday services and things like that. So we love when the Easter break is the week following Easter. And so this year we had maybe one of our biggest epic adventures planned that would start uh, would have started this afternoon and we would have made our way to Phoenix, Arizona and made our way to see the Grand Canyon is what our, our big plan was. Uh, just like the rest of you, our vacation plans have been foiled. Uh, we are not leaving this afternoon, we are not getting on a plane, and we are not uh, driving up through the Grand Canyon. Uh, but whatever your plans were that have been foiled as well, I'm so glad that you decided to be here with us uh, this morning. Uh, I bring up the Grand Canyon. One of the things that, uh, if you've been there before, one of the uh, really marvels of the world is the Hoover Dam there in the Grand Canyon. And the Hoover Dam is this enormous structure. I had to look up some details on it. Um, it, it the structure, there's as many tons, there's 1.2 million African elephants. Uh, it took all of the all of the uh, cubic yards of concrete to build enough of a structure nine times higher than the Empire State Building. So this is a massive structure. And it's actually just as wide as the dam is tall. This is an incredible structure. And if you've ever seen it, I haven't. Uh, but if you've ever seen it, you can just see the, the mass size and scale of this thing. And for it to hold back the amount of water that is on the other side of that wall, this is a strong, strong foundation. And so as we start this new series, this Table Talk series, uh, we want to be able to talk about what is the foundation? Uh, how did the church start? And how do we continue what Jesus started? And so as we begin that conversation today, maybe those are questions that you have had, or maybe those are questions that are being asked you different times, and you don't really know how to answer it. Questions like, how did Christianity start? Or how did the church come into existence? Or even, how did Randall Church, how do we fit into the bigger story of what's being told? Randall Church has got a long history. We've been here in western New York since before the Civil War. That's a long history, but that is not the start of the church. The building that we're sitting in today was built in the 70s. That was not the beginning of the church. The church is much, much larger than that. So today we're going to read in Acts chapter 1, uh, really what the beginning of the church is. And we'll see the way that Jesus uh, starts uh, his uh, foundation for the church is going to be played out for us here. 
So if you'll read with me, Acts chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, it says this, In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up into heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. Continuing in verse 3, After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Now, before we go any further, before uh, you hear anything else from me, I want you to know that the foundation of the church is Jesus Christ, the true Son of God. The foundation of the church is Jesus Christ, the true Son of God. Now, I've shared many times, uh, whether it was in this online platform or if you've been in the service, was that I grew up on a dairy farm. So I grew up as a farmer uh, slinging hay bales and being, being a kid who played in the hay mow at, at a farm, in the top of a barn. Now, if you don't know what that is, that's okay. But the reality is, is these hay bales that you normally feed to cows are great building blocks for building forts. And so over the years, we built many, many different forts in the hay mound. And you would build these walls out of the, the hay, and you'd stack them up, up on top of each other. And you'd learn uh, that you could build a really big structure. Uh, there was one time that my cousin and I decided that we were going to build an entire fake wall of hay bales that looked like there was a huge wall of hay behind it. But really, it was just one narrow wall that we had the fort, our secret fort, was behind the wall. Well, we came back the next day and that entire wall had collapsed, whether uh, it, it just was not going to survive because it was just a bunch of kids building a hay, hay mile. And the reality was that was a very shaky foundation. When we look at these first 11 verses, and that's what we're going to talk about today here in Acts chapter 1, the first 11 verses, Jesus is referred to in each of the first 11 verses. You need to know that the foundation of the church is strong. The cornerstone of the church is Jesus Christ. It is not a shaky foundation. It is the strongest foundation. Uh, every verse mentions Jesus because everything that we do must mention Jesus. There is no Christianity without Christ. There is no Christianity without the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So we read in the first verses here that this former book, Theophilus, uh, we also read those same lines in the first verse of the book of Luke. And so if you don't know the background here, and we'll get into it a little bit more next week, uh, but the background of the book of Acts, it's the same author who writes the gospel of Luke. Luke, this doctor or this uh, lawyer, we're not sure, but he was definitely well-educated, and he was writing these words down and sending them to a man named Theophilus to make sure he knew what was going on. So if we go back to the book of Luke, when he writes down what happened that resurrection morning, we realize that there is no Christianity without a resurrection. Check this out. Luke chapter 24, this is resurrection morning. A few of you tuned in this morning, I read this verse at sunrise. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, that's a Sunday, that's why we celebrate on Sundays, the women took the spices they prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone was rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Verse 4. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. You can underline that, underline that in your Bibles or mark that. We're going to come back to that thought a little bit later. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? This is one of our favorite verses to be able to celebrate on Easter. He is not here. He is risen. And if you read the rest of that 
uh, chapter with us earlier this morning, or if you've read it previously, you know that the Apostle Peter is one of the apostles who runs to the tomb when he finds out the news. He, he ducks his head in and goes into uh, the tomb to be able to see the grave clothes that were lying there because Jesus was no longer there. He was risen. He was astonished. He was amazed of the glory and the beauty of God. Now, do you remember Peter? Peter is that apostle who is, who is brash, who is sudden, who, who jumps off of the boat and swims to shore when he sees Jesus there. But he's also the one that Jesus says this about. He says, upon this rock, Peter, I will build my church. Look in Luke again, the same author. Luke chapter 9 and verse 18 says this. Once when Jesus was praying in private with his disciples, he asked them, who do the crowds say that I am? Or what's the word on the street? What do they say? And they replied, some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah and still others that you are one of the prophets of long ago who has come back to life. But what about you? He asked Peter. Who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, God's Messiah. We have to be reminded that Christianity without Christ is not a religion at all. Uh, we must dive in to Easter Sunday knowing that the resurrection of Christ is the reason that we are Christ followers, the reason that the church exists as a whole. Jesus is the cornerstone of the church. Here's the next point I want to make for us today. Jesus' death and resurrection ignited the growth of the church. Jesus' death and resurrection ignited the growth of the church. At our house, we just built a deck in our backyard. We had to get it finished uh, last week in order to refinance on our home. It all had to be complete, all had to be finished, and so we had to really hurry to get it done. One of our friends gave us a gas propane-powered fireplace that we have on this deck. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Uh, I've never had something like that before. We've grown up, we've always enjoyed having the campfire in the backyard. But the problem with the campfire in the backyard is that when it's raining out and it's miserable, as Buffalo has been over the last few weeks, getting wood that's dry enough to burn and actually create heat and warmth and not just smoke is a very difficult thing to do. And so when you hit the igniter on a gas-powered fireplace, it's an entirely different experience. It's sudden. It's immediate. Verse 4 of Acts chapter 1, verse 4 says this, On one occasion when he was eating with them, this is continuing with the same line of thought, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jesus is telling his apostles that they are going to have to wait uh, they want the instant gratification. The, the resurrection ignited something special in them, and yet they were being told that they would have to wait. Are you an impatient person? I'm a pretty impatient person. Do you feel like your microwave is not fast enough, uh, that 30 seconds should be nailed down to three or four seconds? Uh, do you hate waiting uh, to get on an airplane whenever you get to do that again? Do you hate waiting in the checkout lines? Do you hate this four-letter word, the word wait? How do we get to this point? How do we get to this point that we're at in Scripture right here where Jesus is telling his apostles, you're going to have to wait a little bit longer. You see, we understand in the whole story of Scripture, the big idea, the long story short is this, that God 
made us. He made every single one of us, created us in His likeness. And we sinned against Him. Adam and Eve in the garden sinned against Him. And death came into human history. But a promise was made all the way back then in Genesis chapter 3 that Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior, would be coming. How long would they have to wait for the Messiah to come? It was much, much longer than they expected. A couple thousand years. That's a very long time, friends. That's, that's longer than dial-up internet. Uh, that's longer, for you kids watching, that's longer than you wait for a 3G network. That's probably as slow as you can imagine. It's a very, very, very long wait. Jesus he, he comes to this earth. He lives this earth without sin. He dies for you and for me, the sinless sacrifice. And what we celebrate today is He has risen from the dead. And then here in these opening pages of Acts, He appears for 40 days. He is tangible. He, is, he can be seen at the coffee shop. He can, his friends, you can check in with them. The, the original authors are writing in this way. They said, hey, Tom saw him. You need to go and talk to Tom. Tony saw him. You need to go and talk to Tony. They saw him in a very tangible way that all of our senses were engaged in being able to see and interact with Jesus after his resurrection. And he tells his apostles, he'll tell them here in the verses to follow, that I've got a global mission for you. Something like you've never experienced before. Something huge. Something you've been waiting a thousand years for. And he says, just wait a little bit longer. Now, we want to talk about this a little bit. This, this waiting, this expectation. Pastor Brian, uh, when we talk about waiting, particularly the people of Israel had been waiting yeah. so long. How do we tie that in? Or what does that have to do with mm -hmm. Jesus starting the mission of the church. Yeah, so the people of Israel uh, were a people that were good at waiting. They had gotten good at it, um, not just all the way back in Genesis 3, but more particularly, uh, once they were exiled, and we talk, we're talking hundreds of years before uh, these, uh, these words were written, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, their people, their kingdom, was put into exile. And from that point on, they were never truly free. They were always either the Babylonians were on them or the Assyrians were on them. And then at this point, the Romans were on them. And so they were always waiting for their Messiah to come. And they believed that when this Messiah that you referenced came, then everything would be put back together and this big global mission would explode and be done. And Jesus at that point, or their Messiah, would put back everything the way it were. So they've been waiting for a while. So when Jesus comes on the scene and says, I'm the guy, and he says it in many different ways, subtle ways, more apparent ways at times, these disciples are getting excited. They said, for all this time, we have been waiting, and now he's here. This is why in our passage this morning in Acts, they ask him specifically uh, in verse 6, it says, So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? They think that the Messiah has come. Even though Jesus has told them a half a dozen times, I'm doing something bigger here than just restoring Israel, they still think this is, this is the time that, that Jesus is going to do it. But here's the thing. Jesus didn't come to restore Israel. He came to fulfill it. Because here's, here's the thing. In the Old Testament, the Old Testament is all about pictures. It's about pictures of sacrifices. It's about pictures of uh, things that they did in the temple. And one of the big pictures in the Bible is this kingdom of Israel. And so God establishes a real bloodline, flesh and blood kingdom 
to show us what it means then when his kingdom explodes out to the entire world, right? I, I remember my daughter, uh, when she was learning to read uh, a few years ago, we were in uh, her classroom, and the teacher had a bunch of things on the wall, one of the thousands of things on an elementary uh, classroom's wall, it makes your head spin if you've been in one, but one of the things were reading strategies, sort of this idea of if you have to read, if, if you're struggling to read or you're, you're stuck on a page, here are some ways to get through it so you do it. And the number one strategy was look at the pictures. That was because at that time, when kids are reading and learning to read, they're learning with picture books. Because there's something that happens when you look at a word and then you look at the picture and it connects the two together. And so that was the number one strategy was look at the picture. If you look at the picture, and it will give you a sense of what's going on. Now you'll understand the words better. And that's what God does for us. When God uh, uh, creates the world and he, he shows his mission to the world, the first thing he gives us is a picture book. And so that's what the Old Testament is. It's a picture book. So you're seeing real wars. You're seeing real sacrifices. You're seeing real temples. You're seeing real kingdoms, a physical kingdom. But Jesus, when he comes, he doesn't come back to restore the kingdom. We've graduated from the picture book now. Now he's going to show us the whole thing. He's going to say, and so this is why when he comes in verse 3, he doesn't come to tell them about the kingdom of Israel. He tells them, I'm, I want to talk to you, to you more about the kingdom of God. Because my way is going to be, it's, it's not confined now to just one people in one place. This thing is going to break out throughout the whole world. And so just in general, when you read the Old Testament, you're reading a picture book. But Jesus was never intended to restore the picture book. Jesus was coming to become the picture book. Hmm. He's the one that becomes to fulfill the picture book, including Israel. And so now it's not Israel that is God's kingdom. It's the church. I wanted to read you a thing. So here's a, here's a little, uh, we don't have a fill-in for you, but something to remember. The kingdom of Israel is only a snapshot of Christ's church. The church becomes the fulfillment of Israel. The kingdom of Israel is only a snapshot of Christ's church. Here's a story uh, in Matthew 16. He's talking to Peter, and Peter becomes sort of the foundation, uh, the foundational leader for the church. And he says this in Matthew 16, starting in verse 17. He says, Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, that's Peter, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. You see that connection? He's giving, he's, it's almost, I feel like a Ferrari. He's handing it like, here's the keys now. You've earned it, 16-year-old uh, Peter. Here you go. But he's connecting those two. Hey, this kingdom that we've been developing in the Old Testament, which was Israel, now, Peter, I'm handing to you to go establish my church, which is the fulfillment of the kingdom of Israel, which is our church. Now it just extends out into the whole, into the whole world. Yeah. yeah, man, that's beautiful. So, so we see this, uh, this apostle Peter, uh, he gets this opportunity, right, to be able to be the rock, the foundation of the church. Now, uh, when we look at both of those passages, it's not Peter who's the foundation. Uh, sometimes we can get distracted with that. It's the statement of Jesus is the Messiah, the cornerstone. It's that statement mm -hmm. that is the foundation of the church. But when we look at Acts chapter 1, this is where it's going to take us, is this. The mission of the church is sharing Jesus 
with all people. This is where ultimately we are going. The mission of the church is sharing Christ Jesus with all people. If Jesus is the foundation of the church, if Jesus started the church, if Jesus drives the church and motivates the church, then we have to be reminded again and again and again that the mission of the church is sharing Christ Jesus with all people. Now we need to hear this again, friends, because right now on Easter Sunday morning, Many of us, particularly here in the United States, we're getting distracted by the fact that we cannot meet in our buildings the way that we are used to meeting in. And we cannot gather and sing the songs the way that we are used to gathering in and singing our songs. The reality is, is that's not the mission of the church. The mission of the church is sharing Jesus Christ with all people. And wouldn't it be just like Jesus Christ for him to give us an opportunity like this? a virus like this, to be able to share the gospel in a way that had never been conceived of previously through an online blitz and, and, and be able to be in people's homes and at tables, this table talk, this conversation that we're having today happening all over our country in a way that would never happen on an Easter Sunday if we all gathered here together today. We need to be reminded that what Christ started, the mission of the church that Christ has put before us, is this. Look at verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, that you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. Or some of your translations say the uttermost parts of the earth. Jesus tells us, that he is going to give us the power of the Holy Spirit to accomplish all of these things. Over in another Gospel of John, in 14, Jesus tells the Holy Spirit, He said, will come and He'll teach you all things and bring you remembrance of all the things that I have said. Have you ever been in that situation? Where you have opened a dialogue with somebody, opened a conversation, maybe like one that we're having here today, about Christ-like things, about the beauty of Jesus Christ and the way that He interacts in our lives. And all of a sudden, verses that you haven't thought about, pieces of Scripture that you haven't considered for years, uh, verses that you memorized when you were in uh, Awana programs or when you were in a VBS Sunday school program or something like that. Verses are coming to you and you're sharing things that you didn't even know that you knew and you start to pat yourself on the back and say, man, I really know my Bible. No, you don't. The Holy Spirit works in us to remind us of Jesus, of all the things that he has said, not the things that you and I have said, that's not you, friends. That's the power of the Holy Spirit working in you. And the human power, we are very, very weak. I believe that the Guinness Book World Records, the strongest person ever, the strongest human ever to be able to do a bench lift is somewhere just over a thousand pounds. Now that's crazy. That's cra I don't know why I clarify that it was a human. I don't know what other animals are doing bench pressing. Uh, but as far as I know, the only animals that are bench pressing are humans, humankind. The, the, the power that we have, that's the max. That's the best that we can do. And that is nothing in light of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit gives us the power to do this. You'll be my witnesses, he says. In Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the ends of the earth. He's being very specific, very tangible with this group of people who are listening there. 
He wants them to know that they will be his witnesses in Jerusalem. That's right where they are. In Judea, that's the region that they are in. Samaria, that's like the state that they are in. To the ends of the earth. And we're still seeing this lived out. As a church, we use the same process. We call it a value that we say we draw circles. When we say we draw circles, we, we very tangibly do this. We ask you as an as a, as a individual to draw a circle around your own feet and say, God, will you let the gospel saturate your presence be in me and demonstrated inside of this circle? Let me ask you to draw a circle a little bit bigger of your home or your street or your neighbors. So draw that circle and say, God, will you work in this circle? Will you saturate this circle with the beauty and the glory of God? And then you continue to open those up. And that's how we as a church look at the way that this verse is being played out. Our church's mission statement is that we would glorify God by making disciples of all nations. And that is coming from this verse. That we would go from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, even to the ends of the earth. And the beauty of this is, is Acts chapter 1 verse 8 is not the end of the story. Some of you know, if you've studied the book of Acts before, Acts chapter 8 verse 1. You just kind of flip those numbers over. You'll actually see the, the, the church going out to these very same areas. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And for us. The story doesn't end here at Randall Church in the room that I'm sitting in right now or in the region that I'm sitting in right now. The story didn't end 2,000 years ago with Jesus on the top of this mountain with his disciples. No, it is something spectacular. We are still waiting for that glorious day. But there's also something here that maybe you've experienced this before uh, where there's this this great moment of a sports team winning the big game or having the, the really big moment as a sports team. And imagine, if you will, that that happens and the coach after the game pulls all the people back in the locker room, pulls all the guys back in the locker room and says, this was an exciting moment. This was something spectacular. But I have to let you know that I'm not going to be here next season. There's something going on in my family. Or for one reason or another, I'm sick. Or whatever the reason is, I will not be back next season to do this again with you. And over here, Coach Joe, he's going to take you next year. And he's going to do a great job. And we're excited to have him there. If you've ever been in that, that environment, you ever ever experienced that, there's something that's very difficult about that. And that's what Christ is saying to these disciples. He's saying, you've been here with me. I've been here on the sidelines with you. I've been coaching you in the game, and I'm going to take a step back. But don't worry, the Holy Spirit is going to come, and he will give you the power. Now, for me specifically, I never played on the football team. If I did, I would probably be one of the guys on the sidelines with a really clean uniform uh, because I was not you know, one of the elite athletes in the game. But these disciples, they were the elite athletes. They were the ones who were in the game constantly. Uh, Mario, you and I served in the Marine Corps. I would say I was in the Marines. I was in the Marine Band. And so what that meant is that I had a very clean uniform most of the time. And so uh, the reality is, is I was still very much on the team, but I wasn't in the game in the same way that some of the other guys were. These apostles are in the middle of it, right? They have been with Jesus every day. And when Jesus says that he is going to leave them and that the, the comforter, the Holy Spirit is going to come on and give them the strength to continue on in the game, they actually buy in and they actually take that and run with it. So what's it like for them and then for us years later, thousands of years later, to be able to continue sharing the gospel until he comes? What does that look like, Mario? Well, if we could sum it up in one word this morning, it's Resurrection Sunday, 
It's Easter all around the world. If we could sum up what that waiting period is like, what that is consisting of, it would be in the word hope. Hmm. You know, I, I, was, I was up late last night. I got uh, a glimpse of the news before I went to bed, and it said that some of the stimulus checks are on their way. So some of you this morning are hoping that that it hit your bank account this morning, right? We, you have an anticipation of something that's about to happen. You have hope that that's going to happen. But can we be real this morning and talk about the eternal hope that we have in Jesus Christ? What is it that we as the people of God need to be sharing? How should we be living our lives? It's with, with that message of hope. Listen to what happens here in Acts chapter 1 verse 9. It said, after he said this, this is Jesus, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back to you in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. This morning we have a hope in our resurrected Lord Jesus Christ that he not only rose from the dead, but that he will someday return to this earth to gather his church and we will be with him forever. You know, one of the most um, debated subjects in the church is the return of Jesus. And we won't get into that this morning, but one of the things I will point out is that the book of 1 Thessalonians makes it clear that Jesus Christ is returning. And it says, as a matter of fact, in 1 Thessalonians, and we don't have a slide for this, so just listen to what God's word says. Paul says, brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who have fallen asleep, those who have died, or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. Listen, you may be joining us this morning for the first time, this may be your first time ever coming to church, and it's through the internet. This may be your second time. You may be a regular attender here at Randall Church, but you don't have the hope of Jesus Christ in your life. Can I tell you this morning that the resurrection power of Jesus Christ is your hope? Because the Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians that those who are in Christ will be with Jesus Christ when he returns. And listen what Paul says at the end of this section in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. He says, encourage each other with these words. That's, that's exciting to know that as the church, as we are gathered, we have a hope in Jesus, and that is the words that we should encourage each other with. I love how Pastor Brian just mentioned the kingdom of God being present in the life of the believer, in the life of the church. Paul talks about this as he continues on talking about the return of Christ. He says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 that God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died so for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. And then he says that word one more time. Therefore, encourage one another as you build each other up. This morning, it's our prayer that you have the hope in Jesus Christ, that your faith is in Christ alone and his resurrection power. We know that in the Old Testament, God spoke about the Messiah coming and Jesus came. And now as we live in the time between now and eternity, we know that God will continue to hold his promise true 
and Christ will return and we will be together with him. So I pray you're blessed by that and I pray that if today you need to uh, make Christ the savior of your life, that you would do that even right now over the internet as we're talking through Facebook and as we're having a dialogue here this morning. That's good. At the end of the day, we need to be reminded that Jesus is coming again for the church that he started. Jesus is coming again for the church that he started. When I say that, I'm, I'm, I'm pointing that out and reminding us of that because this is not plan B. You know, he didn't have some other way to come up with us uh, meeting together. Th this is the plan. This is plan A and there is no plan B. Uh, us meeting today online is part of God's plan. He started the church and he's going to make sure that the church is sustained and he's going to come again for the church that he started. That's the beauty of the resurrection. That's the beauty of the ascension that we're talking about here in Acts chapter 1. He says, I'm going to come back again. And, and those, uh, those, those men in white that are standing, I love the connection we see there. Easter Sunday morning, there's two men in white that are sitting next to the tomb. And now there's two men in white standing there on top of the mountain. And in both times, he says, what are you doing here? What are you looking for? First it said, why are you looking for the, the living among the dead? And then here it says, why are you looking up into the sky? He is not here. He'll be back later though. And so when we look at these things, uh, we are reminded this. When we look at Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that the church is to receive God's power, bear his witness, and go out. The church is to receive God's power. We are to bear his witness, or we are to share his gospel, share his truth, tell everybody the true identity of Jesus Christ, and go out and do so. And so what we've done this morning as, as, as part of our day here, we, we spent some time on a Zoom call earlier this week that we want to be able to share with you that, that we really, if nothing else, we want to be able to go out to be, to, into our neighborhood, into our community to be able to share with you what God is even doing and working on in our uh, care corridors and the way that our elders and our church are being able to respond to this call, that we would receive God's power, that we would bear his witness, and that we would go out. Let's show that to you now. Today is part of Easter Sunday. We've been reading through the words of Jesus Christ as he shared in the mountaintop experience with his disciples there just outside of Jerusalem. And so as he, has, he had conquered sin, he had conquered the grave, he had conquered death. Uh, let's listen one more time to, to what he has to say there, the author Luke, uh, Acts chapter 1. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So today I've asked some of our elders to join us today and to pray with us and pray this charge over our people that each would, as they represent our care corridors and represent these school districts and these different areas in Western New York that we're trying to serve. Uh, gentlemen, thank you first of all for joining us. Uh, first, if you would state the corridor of the area that you are serving and then just pray over those people there that they would uh, be able to uh, even while under quarantine, that they would be able to receive the power of Christ, that they'd be able to bear witness uh, to what Christ is doing in their hearts, and that they would be willing and ready to go out. Gentlemen? Hi, I'm Ed Bednarczyk, and I'm one of the elders in the Lancaster Corridor, along with Cliff Miller. Father, I just thank you for your your presence, your being with the church, being with the body. Father, I, I thank you for being there with the church in previous times that sometimes we forget about. Father, I, I thank you I, for being with the church in the 1918 
epidemic when that swept the land. And I'd help ask that you remind us that that followed on the heels of World War One and was followed by the Great Depression and that you were there with all of us through that time, Father. I pray that we could be witnesses today as much as your church was back in those challenges that met our country and our church through those and through World War II and all of the other difficulties that our world, our country has been shaped and rocked with. This is one more place where we can see your hand at work in our lives, through our corridor, through our church, and through our, uh, through our state and through our country. And I thank you for this, and I praise you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Ken Samland from the Clarence Corridor, along with um, Bill Ransom and Dan Weber. Um, dear Heavenly Father, as we come before you today, as we think of this season, this um, the resurrection season, Lord, before the resurrection was the garden. And uh, you had great stress and anxiety at those times, Lord, and you, uh, you even sweat blood, Lord. And uh, that is what we feel sometimes we're going through right now. But we know, Lord, that the resurrection came. I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you for that opportunity, that you were the first of the risen and that we will follow. We thank you for that promise. So Lord, please be with those that are uh, struggling right now, that feel lonely, that uh, these are uncertain times. We know that you are the rock upon which we have built our house, Lord. And we thank you for that. Uh, and especially Lord, after the resurrection, you sent out your, your disciples, Lord, to, to the world. And we pray that uh, even though we feel cooped up in these houses, uh, that we find a way to show your love to the world. Uh, you are the one who gives us the peace and the rest uh, that only you can bring. Uh, we especially uh, pray now for uh, Jean Hine, Lord, that you bring her healing, that you touch her foot, that you um, strengthen all of those bones, Lord, as we know that you can. Uh, especially this time, Lord, we just want to give you uh, praise and honor that you are worthy of. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hi, I'm Mike Okie, one of the elders, along with uh Tim uh, Grapham and, and uh, Stephen Waldvogel for the Williamsville Corridor. And I'd just like to take this time to pray for us. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord uh, God, in this time of, of being still and, and being, um, being, being kind of stuck, God, uh, we as goers, people who called to go, a lot of us are struggling, God. And Father, your word says that you are with us. That you will give us strength, Father. And God, I ask that you continue to do that through this time. Father, I specifically lift up the wolves uh, the, that, uh, that John and, and, and June, um, Father, continue to stay healthy. Uh, God, I lift up Miss Carolyn Spurl. Uh, as, she, as her heart is, is, uh, is, it goes to, to the elderly at Elderwood, and, and, and we're, we're apart from them right now, Father, I pray that, that you give us ways to minister uh, to them in our corridor, Father, that, uh, Father, I know, I praise you that, that our kids are writing cards to these people, and, 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 Father, I just pray that those go out as an encouragement to be able to help those who, Father, can't have any family members come to them right now, uh, Father, as, a, as an encouragement from you to continue and stay strong in their faith in you. Father, I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hello, everyone. My name is John Ingersoll. I have the blessing of uh, being an elder for Boulevard Corridor along with Walter Smith. Uh, if you can join me in prayer, I'd greatly appreciate it. Heavenly Gracious Father, we give thanks for this day and every day that you have given us. We, we are thankful for this opportunity to 
be able to remember this uh, wonderful weekend that we are about to experience uh, and give thanks for the resurrection of your son, Jesus Christ, who gives us uh, hope and, and we, and love. And we give uh, thanks for the Holy spirit that gives us the power to go forward and through our actions and our words, and our thoughts, we'll be able to bring those that uh, do not know of your son to, uh, to know him more. And we ask that we can go forward as uh, ambassadors for you. Specifically in our corridor, we pray, we pray for Kathy Duff and Matt Mooney. Both of those are having physical ailments. We just ask your healing hands upon them, Lord, uh, that you give them peace and strength and comfort during this time. Others in our corridor have uh, other issues that we ask that you give them your grace and peace during this time. And may we be examples to all those that we come in contact with and just showing your love, your mercy, and your grace. In Jesus' precious name, we pray these things. Amen. Amen. I'm Sam Richpart with the Cheektowaga Corridor. Let's pray together. Our Lord and Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the families in the Cheektowaga Corridor spread out in Cheektowaga, Hamburg, Orchard Park, down in Texas, and one family up in Canada right now. Lord, we pray that in these areas where we are, that we would shine brightly for you, that uh, we would look for ways to be a bright light for you and that you would guide us in this way. Uh, help us to share Christ through word and through deed. I do want to lift up specifically uh, a few families, the Flannery family. But we pray for your care, continued care for, for them, for peace and for uh, uh, for Vicki as she goes through surgery in a, in a couple of weeks, Lord, that you would just guide those doctors and that you would be the great physician and restore her to full strength. And we thank you for Frank and Don Zaychek and thank you that Frank's doing better. Pray that he would continue to heal. And uh, thank you for nurses like uh, Alyssa Zolanowski. We pray for her and all the others, nurses and doctors, and they're on the front lines taking care of patients and just pray you'd protect them and care for them during this time. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, we thank you for each of these elders. Uh, we thank you for the way that they serve in their corridors, the way that they are the spiritual leaders of our church, uh, how, how great that is. Lord, I pray that uh, today as we celebrate the resurrection, as we have a, a sunny day here in Buffalo is not something that we commonly get. Lord, I pray that as we go about our day today, Lord, we would remember what it is that you've called us to. Lord, that we would be people who tap into the power of the Holy Spirit, that we would be people who, who bear witness to what you are doing in our lives. And Lord, uh, coronavirus or not, different ways that you have called us to be a people that are going out. Lord, would you teach us how to do that in this process? We love you, Lord. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you so much for being a part of that time, particularly the elders uh, being there. If you don't know, uh, who your elder is. Uh, if you don't know uh, what area you're in, you, you, you should know that that's being listed in some of those uh, comments there. Uh, but also, that is not all of our elder board. There's actually 12 elders who serve in our area. We've got five different school districts that we're trying to support in that way. But there's 12 elders, and they're all available to you at any time. And it's just such an encouragement to us as a pastoral team to have these men who are also caring for and shepherding our people. So men, thank you so much for being a part of that. Along those lines, uh, soon after this virus uh, is over and we have a, a, a clean bill of health that we're allowed to go out, someone needs to go to Sam Richbart's house and clean that <laughs> office. 
My goodness. Uh, or, or next time we do one of these things, we need to make sure that the camera angle is set up so that we don't see all of his dirty socks uh, in the same video. Now, actually, when we recorded that, I asked Sam uh, what was in file cabinet number two, uh, file number three, and he knew exactly where everything oh, yeah. was. Uh, so I've been busting his chops for that. Um, so as we look at some of your comments, uh, guys, maybe just on the easy stuff. Let's start with easy stuff. What are some vacation plans that you guys saw uh, that ha have been canceled uh, that people were going to do and now they can't do? Mario, you've got Milo, or Mario, you've got the big one. Yeah, well, we, we are, our trip to the Olympics has been canceled. It's been rescheduled. rescheduled. Tell them about that. That's a really yeah. strange thing. Res how that rescheduled. Happened. So what they what they've done is they they canceled the Olympics for this year, moved it to 2021. I believe the same dates, uh, but just next year, but the same, it, it, if it's not the same dates, it's the same sequence of days. Okay. So if, if you purchased a, uh, a ticket for whatever event on a certain day what, of the what event. What was your event? I forgot what oh, event. Oh, well, we picked, uh, we had uh, gymnastics, we had synchronized swimming, yeah. we had track and field. Uh, basically, I spent my paycheck on getting tickets to the events. Sure. Yeah, right. Uh, so, <laughs> so it wasn't yeah. very much then. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, so there you go. But but everything from the hotel room, uh, everything's just been moved. Okay. It's I have to wait to call the airline now because they. But tell us about the flights. Up. That's the craziest part. Yeah. So the flights. Uh, uh, we're going to be flying. We were supposed to fly in August. Right. And now it's next year. Uh, we're flying from Buffalo. Praise the Lord. Okay. And uh, and it was actually cheaper to fly from Buffalo and to come back and land in California and visit family and then get a separate flight back to Buffalo from here. Yeah. So it's just kind of a weird... But you can't even schedule your flights. No, we can't schedule Tell them about like until like six weeks before the event, right? Uh, well, because of this whole uh, thing with the airlines and, and stuff, um, they haven't really opened up the, the flights yet to That's be amazing. rescheduled. So. That's amazing. Yeah. So, uh, wow, that'll take a while to figure that out. Yeah. What were some of the other things that people were had their vacations canceled and things like that? Yeah, there's just some trips uh, uh, was going to visit. Uh, Kathy Gardner said she was going to visit her ailing mom in Nevada this week, which obviously um, uh, not able to do. Yep. Uh, a few other things. I know for uh, me, I had a uh, we had a week. We do a weekend with uh, uh, two of our our best friends, cousins. They're actually watching right now. Shout out to Lindsay and Travis. Uh, we had to cancel that trip last weekend for. Uh, for a, for the weekend, so we're hoping this summer we'll be able to. But like you said, we don't you yeah. don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, there's a lot of wild stuff going on. Um, when it comes to our care corridors, uh, again, these guys who just prayed for us, like they're kind of the, some of the faces that we have. Um, we need to be Brian. Maybe come back to you mm -hmm. on that. Of how do we expect that our care corridors can serve during a crisis like this? What what yeah. would be the purpose of a care corridor? So each care, like we said, uh, care corridors are really meant to help organize people in, in, um, in geographic locations where it makes sense. And what we, like you said, we value drawing circles. We value saying, where do I live? Where are my neighbors, my coworkers, the people I rub shoulders with all the time? And so the idea of care corridors is both, how do we serve each other uh, when there's a need, when uh, uh, there's a meal train that needs to go out, things like that? How can we make sure nobody slips through the cracks and that we've got a group of people that are thinking about one another in a group, in a geographical location. But then also when we talk outward and we talk about presence, how do we then look at uh, our geographic areas and say, how can we serve the people around us? So one of the things we do is we highlight a presence project that we uh, each week. 
of just an idea or a way that you can help uh, get involved with being a light outside. And so uh, this week, uh, we want to highlight uh, card writing. Uh, we uh, have different um, we have different places. Here's a couple pictures of, of uh, the Okies that are that kind of started this. We have different uh, nursing homes around our our uh, corridors. The one particularly that we do is. Um, uh, Elderwood. So once a month we go to Elderwood in our Williamsville corridor. And so Mike, as a, as a uh, Williamsville elder, uh, he and his wife Nicole have kind of championed this, uh, this idea of just writing to uh, our uh, people uh, in, in our nursing homes who obviously can't be visited right now. So they are isolated, they can't see family, they can't see friends, and they're lonely. And uh, we have a contact on the staff that's helping make this connection. So uh, you can either send it here, right here to the church, or you can send them uh, uh, we sent that out in Randall Life, the uh, address that we put there. Um, and this worker is going to then connect those cards to, um, to, the, to the people there at uh, that at Elderwood. So um, these can be handmade cards, as you can see here on the video. Uh, they can be handmade cards. Uh, you can buy them if you want. You can put encouraging messages. You can put scripture. You can put a prayer if you want. But it's one way that we can reach out uh, to really one of the most vulnerable uh, people, types of people uh, right now in our in our community as a way to express God's love. So each week you're going to see different ones. We had a food pantry drive last week. Lots of food came in. So now we're, we're well stocked again, which is amazing. We might do that again in a few weeks here if there's a need. Um, dip, but it's going to be different ways that we can get connected uh, to our community. Find our place uh, presence-wise out in the community. That's really great. Yeah. yeah, we've seen some neat things come up with you know, we did the, the uh, sewing of the masks. We did that a couple mm -hmm. weeks ago, uh, the, the food pantry. So we're going to just see uh, the needs that come up. we got some other ideas that are coming. But as you know, uh, things change pretty rapidly, and so we want to be able to respond to the need as it's coming in. So this coming week, yep, we'll be doing these cards. And then if you're looking for ways to be able to respond, uh, we want you to be able to have an opportunity. So every week we're going to give you a presence project that's coming there. Um, we want to talk to you about the schedule for the week that's coming, but before I do that, Mario, can you just tell us what's happening with some of your students and some of the yep. uh, goofy things that you've been doing? Uh, yep. A few days ago, uh, we were here, or Brian was here, but you were driving around this parking lot like a lunatic. Um, <laughs> I was like, were, what is going yeah, on? Yeah, what is going on? I thought that there was a wild man in the parking lot, and it was. It was you. You were the wild man in the parking lot. What on earth was that all about? <laughs> well, I'll probably get in trouble for this, but... Um, uh, <laughs> I challenge our students. Uh, we have a, a Randall Youth uh, YouTube page. Uh -huh. The Randall Church has one also. So yep. If you don't know that, you can go to those where we post the videos. And, uh, and we're trying to get content out there so our students can be engaged and, um, and, and, and um, just know what's going on. Families can know what's going on with the student ministry. And, and there's a short two-minute devotional on Tuesdays on two. All that's being posted. Well, this week's, um, or the challenge a couple weeks ago was uh, if we got 50 subscribers to our YouTube page, then I would um, I'd wear a, one of our purple choir robes that we have here at the church, and uh, I'd wear that when I go shopping for groceries. So, um, so what better time to do that around Easter when everyone's in quarantine to, <laughs> to walk around uh, the supermarket with a robe on? Yeah. Uh -huh. So as an intro for that, that was me driving crazy around the parking lot. Um, yeah. You know, for and, that lab and when will that video be available? That will be available this week. Okay. So, so that will tuned. be, we'll put on the Randall uh, Youth uh, Facebook page, the YouTube, and then we'll share it on the church page. Um, we, I understand social distancing, mm -hmm. and so just be aware, I'm, I'm aware of that, and it's not like I'll be 
um, randomly going into the supermarket, I'll be making sure to take all the appropriate steps. Yes. Very good. Uh, there, was, there was no way anyone would have come within any social distance of your vehicle in the parking lot that day from what I saw. I yeah. would not, I'm not sure that your minivan can sustain another... I, uh, well, can I be honest? Yes. When I, the first donut that I did when I heard the tire screeching, I had to go for another one. So <laughs> that's what I heard. Yeah. yeah. Listen, students, we're young. This is what we do. Mm, okay. We, we are young. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a good segue for what is coming this week. Our new schedule, what it looks like for us as a church right now, is that Monday evenings uh, at 830, there is a discussion, a virtual group that happens with my wife and I, Erin. Uh, from our kitchen table uh, to yours. So that's Monday evenings at 8.30. Uh, Tuesdays, Pastor Mario, Tuesdays at 2, uh, meets with the students. He does goofy stuff like that. And uh, he, he really, if you don't have a student involved yet in our student ministry, we'd love to be able to have you get involved with Randall Youth in that way. Then Wednesdays, uh, Pastor Brian and his wife Molly are Wednesday nights at 8.30 from their kitchen table. And they do a little bit different things uh, than we're doing on Monday night. And it just gives you some, some neat interaction. We'd love to have you be a part of that. Uh, Thursday evenings, if you've got kids in our clubs, uh, the boys club, girl club stuff, uh, they're, they're getting contacted in different ways with that, different groups uh, with that. And so um, my guys, the other night, we learned a little bit about uh, hang gliding, which was kind of neat. And so... Uh, all my, all the boys, Elias, my boy, wants to jump off of everything and see if he can hang glide, so it's kind of <laughs> cool. Uh, Friday night, you get the night off. Saturday, you'll get an email. Uh, hopefully, you got one yesterday from uh, Stephanie, our children's ministry director, with, with video links and different things for your kids to be involved with. I know also this week on Saturday, they made some deliveries all through the community uh, to be able to, to give some Easter gifts to all of our kids, and so thank you, Stephanie, for all that you do with that. The design behind that is that on a Sunday morning, uh, if you've got two computers or an iPad or some other way, uh, that you'll be able to engage with us here uh, and that your kids will be engaged with that curriculum uh, in a different room or a different place. Uh, we're trying to be able to have everyone be able to worship together on a Sunday. We'll be here again next Sunday, Sunday at 1015 on this online platform. We'd love to see you here, this virtual worship gathering through Facebook Live. And we're reposting these things on YouTube so that uh, if you're following us uh, after the fact or you're not on Facebook, uh, we do repost this so that you can get more access to it there. Uh, but before we go, we want to remind you a lot of different things that we're trying to do as a church during this time, a lot of different ways that we're trying to serve. And so uh, you can give online, and many of you have begun to do that. Uh, it's an exciting thing to see. Uh, give.randallchurch.org is a way for you to connect with us and continue to connect with us as a church. Uh, when you give online, it gives us the ability to immediately have those funds in our bank account, to be able to send them out to our missionaries, to be able to pay our bills here, to be able to do things. And then specifically, if you're willing to, would you also, when you sign up to give online, would you also sign up for recurring monthly payments or recurring weekly payments? Uh, when you do that, that's our modern way of doing a pledge system that allows us to set a budget. As we look into the coming year, uh, there's a lot of things that are still up in the air. And so uh, we plan our budget this time of year for a June 1st start for our fiscal year. And we don't really know what the next year is going to look like. So as many of you who are willing to set up for those recurring payments, that's our modern way to be able to say we know uh, what uh, God is going to do through the gifts of our church or we're pledging what God is going to do through the, the generous gifts of our, of our congregation so that we can make a plan for the coming year. We'd love for you to do that. 
So thank you so much for tuning in today. We just want to be an encouragement to you, as Pastor Mario just said a moment ago, that Christ is risen. He is risen indeed, and he is coming again for the church that he started. And so one day we will be with him in glory together in the air. We celebrate that today. Let our church, let our people uh, be a people who go out from this place. Virtually, yes, but going out from this place, sharing the beauty and the truth of God's word everywhere that we go. Let our people be known for that. And we trust that he will do great things through it. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. Happy Easter. Have a great day.